a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. From CGTN headquarters here in Beijing, this is Global Business. I'm Jia Vandenberg. Coming up on the program. Surging momentum, global manufacturing sees positive growth in January, achieving its highest PMI since March 2023. Stimulus surge, Chinese authorities intensify measures to guarantee abundant supplies and stimulate consumption during Spring Festival. Innovative leadership, Denzhou City in Hainan Province implements innovative strategies for rural revitalization, appoints PhD village chiefs. Global manufacturing activity edged up in January, according to fresh data released by the China Federation of Logistics and Purchasing. The Global Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, rose 1.3 points to 49.3. It's the highest reading since March 2023, though it remains under the 50 point that marks the separates the growth from contraction. The Federation says the sector's stronger recovery helps lift expectations for the global economy. It also identified eased inflation and rising expectations for rate cuts as positive factors that would contribute to the global economy, while warning that geopolitical conflicts will remain a threat. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or OECD, says Asia will account for the bulk of global growth this year and next. The OECD's interim report in February said India, Indonesia, along with China's $18 trillion economy, will be the biggest contributor to the global global GDP. Their growth will help sustain modest growth in world GDP within the 3% range in 2024 and 2025. Uh, the overall picture in this economic outlook uh, is a continuation of modest global growth through 2025 at rights well below historical averages. We project global growth, uh, global GDP to grow at 2.9% this year, mildly lower than last year's 3.1%, related to the effects of tight monetary policy. Uh, for next year, we expect growth to pick up ever so slightly to 3% as inflation declines further and real incomes strengthen. Now, for more on this, let's bring in Liu Zhixin, Senior Fellow of Chongyang Institute of Finance at Renmin University. Uh, Happy New Year, Professor Liu. So first, could you first uh, break down the January global manufacturing PMI data? What can we learn from that? I think we can learn a lot from the data released today from the global PMI index. We can see that the figure is quite positive and satisfactory. Even it only has 49.3%, but it has already increased by 1.3% compared to the previous months. If, because this tendency has shows that uh, already that suspended the jobs trend in the last nine months because in the last nine months that all this PMI always remain very low under the margin of the market. So this is a very positive signal to the world, especially for this data. If we can break down, we can see a lot of differences, especially for the Asian market. PMI Asian market are already over 50%. This is a very important signal that to the global market that uh, that means the Asian market is still the major driving for the world economic recovery. 
Of course, the other areas, for instance, Europe and Africa still remain on the margin, but uh, we still see that the good opportunities for this market could be catched up for a better performance this year. But we hope that this month and the next month, all this market in Asia and the other areas that could be well managed and improved, we hope that the PMI signals can send more better and positive signals to the world, to the market, especially for emerging market. We need such good news in order to have more confidence and encourageable effort to be given to the market. Yeah, definitely a good start uh, to the year. Um, now, looking forward, what's your outlook for the manufacturing industries for the whole of 2024? I think for the whole 2024, we're still under pressure and uh, turbulence. So we see that uh, this year is not so easy compared to the last year because we have the uh, problems and the uh, challenges left by the last year. The pressure is not released or not uh, uh, emancipated. So the market is waiting for a better performance, for a better uh, policy that uh, driven the economic recovery uh, globally. For China, we see that the domestic market uh, PMI is also quite positive. From the big uh, companies that are over 50% is remain very good performance. This is a very important signal to the world market because the global market always checked this Chinese market PMI, especially for those big companies. So in this way that we can see a lot of opportunities this year for China. But uh, PMI for this year, I think a little bit conservative because it's still in there, under turbulences because we know that the geopolitical conflict still remain there and we cannot see any uh, bright and clear uh, signal that this uh, Company could be stopped or suspended immediately for for a while. So we see that a lot of challenges and the conflicts were between the geopolitical and economic development, which one will have more influences in the world development we will see. Yeah. Um, and we also saw the OECD's upward revision of the 2024 global economic growth forecast uh, to 2.9%. Also, it's emphasized um, on Asia as a driver of growth uh, in the world economy. What are the implications of that? We can see there's some a little bit uh, slight difference between this data from OECD and the IMF. If I'm right that IMF has the forecast of 3.1%, that's a little bit increased for the uh, positive uh, growth in this year. But uh, OECD a little bit conservative, more cautious. But still, 2.9% is. Uh, uh, better than expected of many experts uh, all over the world. So because many people and experts expected on the forecast this year's growth uh, around 2.6%. So nowadays we have 0.3% uh, higher than expectation, but that is really a good news. But uh, we need more investment. We need more innovation, especially for those policy uh, driven uh, countries, for instance, the European countries, they need a lot of uh, encouraged uh, policy to support their uh, uh, economic recovery. At the moment, they are under pressure, and also because of the geopolitical tension uh, around them. So we see that uh, really uh, big uncertainties ahead of us for this year. So, but Asian countries is very 
uh, positive always plays a very uh, optimistic uh, role that in the world uh, market, especially the emerging market in Asian countries, they were driving a lot for the innovation for new technologies. Because the only big difference is that Asian countries are in peaceful development. We don't have any serious conflicts. For instance, Indonesia, India, and China, and all other countries are trying best and concentrate their efforts in economic recovery. This is a big difference compared to other areas. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for your insights. Really great to have you on the show. Liu Zhiqin, Senior Fellow of Chongyang Institute of Finance at Renmin University. Under China's goal of achieving carbon neutrality by 2060, numerous new technology with an environmental-friendly focus have emerged. Guangdong Guanghao Hightech, a state-owned company in Foshan, has developed an alternative to conventional disposable paper products that will help reduce plastic waste. Our reporter Zhu Zhu has more. Have you ever imagined making Chinese hot pot using a paper bowl? Our materials are resistant to high temperatures, water, and oil. If you're out in the wild, you can create delicious food with just a paper bowl. In recent years, our investment in eco-friendly materials has grown exponentially. This revolutionary technology is the brainchild of Guangdong Guanhao Hightech, a state-owned company in Foshan, Guangdong province. This PE-free paper can also be used for making cups. Traditionally, most paper cups contained PE plastic coating. However, with their technological breakthrough, these cups are now 100% recyclable and biodegradable. Compared with those traditional ones, every paper cup can eliminate 1.2 gram of PE plastic. Its main material is 100% natural wood fibers, and we have developed this water-based barrier coating. After combining paper and this coating, it can be both waterproof and oil-resistant. We've spent four years for this innovation. These technologies meet the highest international standards and have passed compostable testing in the European Union and the United States. The Guangdong government has been putting efforts to achieve carbon neutrality. It aims to reach over 32% of non-fossil fuel energy consumption of its total consumption by next year. That is 12 percentage points higher than China's national goal. Zhuzhu, CGTN, Foshan in Guangdong province. The world economy as we know it is about to change. Global business reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments. Fast, sharp, and insightful. Global Business. Only on CGTN. Chinese authorities say measures and policies are in place for another year of consumption promotion. This, as China Ministry of Commerce said Tuesday, the New Year shopping season was already making a positive contribution to economic growth. Sun Ye has more.
The Chinese New Year shopping season is giving the 2024 year of consumption promotion a strong start. China's Ministry of Commerce said Tuesday that the spring festival shopping season is already in full swing, with demand peaking both online and offline. Sheng Qiuping, Vice Minister of Commerce, says a 20% jump in retail sales has been recorded in its monitoring for the latter half of January. 以消费促进年为主线,继续组织系列消费 We will continue with a series of consumption promotion activities and introduce targeted policy measures to stimulate consumption. For one, we will stabilize and expand traditional areas of consumption, including boosting consumption of new energy vehicles, home appliances, and other areas. On the other hand, we will cultivate and grow new types of consumption, vigorously cater to consumption needs and trends that are digital, green, health-oriented, cultivate growth points such as smart homes and trendy national branded products. At the same time, we will continue to support the growth of international consumption center cities and county-level commercial systems. We will continue to boost consumption as it turns from post-epidemic recovery to sustained expansion and make a positive contribution to the economy. China's Commerce Ministry also say the year 2023 had seen the country's overall consumption recover, with total sales of consumer goods reaching over 47 trillion yuan, accounting for over 80 percent of economic growth in the last year. They also cited a strong growth in the catering industry, with revenue exceeding 5 trillion yuan for the first time last year, with a growth rate of over 20 percent. Sun Ye, CGTN, Beijing. Shopping and traveling back home are essential parts of the Lunar New Year. Now an innovative train conductor has combined them by organizing a spring festival fair in a train carriage. CDTN's Chen Mengfei boards that train. No empty seat during China's spring festival travel season, famously known as the largest annual human migration on the planet. On this slow train traversing through northeastern China's snowy hills, some are spending the commute shaving. Others are watching an unusual performance of local folk dance. Among the more than 12,000 trains running each day in the country, this is probably the only one where the conductors are stuffed in animal costumes. It's all part of this young rail worker's plan to promote her hometown's agricultural products. The bean buns are made raw and taste very authentic. By moving these stalls onto the train and incorporating entertainment, who is giving these rural sellers much-needed traffic and exposure? This year, everyone is talking about revitalization of the Northeast. We see Harbin's tourism boom, and we also want the same. These small rural private businesses in Chichihar make lots of great products. For the extrovert passengers on the train, new business connections were already made between stops. Is this your new friend? Yes, we just added each other on WeChat. Why did you add him on WeChat? Because I want to sell his product. We are a village business that makes corn noodles. The northeastern region is known as China's Rust Belt and has been suffering from a brain drain for decades. But some young people's attitudes seem to be changing. This college sophomore studying in Hubei says she would like to come back after graduation to contribute to her hometown's growth. You don't want to go to the big cities after you graduate? 
No. Really? Yes, I just want to have a stable life and to build my hometown. Perhaps in the future, Spring Festival will see less traffic around the country because more people will be working and living near their parents. Chen Longfei, CGTN, from train number 4045 in Heilongjiang Province. The practice of adorning floral headwear, referred to as Zhenghuawei by the woman of Xunpu village in Quanzhou, Fujian province, has developed into the Zhenghua economy. This intertwining of economic and cultural elements has deeply influenced the village. Even in the winter, Xunpu village is vibrant. Visitors can be seen strolling through the oyster share houses, dressed in unique attire and adorned with floral headgear. I have always been interested in Zhenghuawei, and now I'm here to experience the culture. I often browse Zhenghuawei photos online, and Zhao Ling's picture really left a lasting impression on me. At the beginning of 2023, a series of photos featuring a Chinese celebrity wearing Zhenghuawei went viral on the internet, bringing attention and online traffic to Xunpu Village. By 2023. Topics related to Xunpu ladies were discussed over 1.4 billion times on China's social media platform TikTok. This surge in popularity led to an influx of enthusiastic travelers to the small fishing village. During the New Year holiday, Xunpu received a total of 140,000 domestic tourists, a 1,000% increase compared to a previous year. Despite its small size of only 3.8 square kilometers, Xunpu has become a popular destination for young tourists seeking picturesque spots. Folk customs are the most important feature of Xunpu village. At the nearby sea market, you can always see Xunpu ladies wearing beautiful floral headgear, selling their goods, and engaging in small talk. It's a delightful scene that leaves a lasting impression. Zhenghuawei has become a viral sensation. The local government and Xunpu culture promoters have been working together to showcase the authentic Xunpu culture to the world. Since Zhenghuawei went viral, the lives of the villagers have been transformed. The official women who used to make a living by selling seafood have now taken a new career as Zhenghua dressers. One representative is Huang Fen, a 55-year-old local fisherwoman. It is hard to imagine that she was once camera shy, but now she is talkative and enjoys interacting with her customers. This transformation happened in just a few months. People from all over the country and even from abroad come to our village asking me to help them dress up like real Xunpu ladies. During the peak holiday season. Hongfen's makeup studio receives around 200 tourists per day. The wall of headgear is often emptied as demand is high. Taking advantage of the opportunities provided by Zhenghuawei, more and more young people are returning home to develop their businesses. I am quite satisfied with my income now. I can earn a thousand to two thousand yuan per day during holidays, averaging around five hundred yuan. It is stable. The number of dress-up studios in Xunpu Village has increased from a few to over 200. Along a 100-meter road, one can find more than a dozen dress-up studios. 
dressers, and photographers from popular tourist cities like Dunhuang, Dali, and Xishuangbanna have recognized this new opportunity and set up workshops in Chuanzhou. I can say our investment has been over 100,000 yuan, considering clothing, makeup, and other expenses. We're here for business and always go wherever the crowd is. Shenpu Village continues to develop new and creative ways to enhance the costume party experience. Mixes of Shenpu hairstyles and cyber star makeup, Shenpu one-day tour photography, and other innovative tourism activities have injected new vitality into this ancient fishing village. China's recently released annual rural policy blueprint outlines the task of attracting more skilled workers to support rural revitalization efforts. According to the documentation, the enlarged talent pool is expected to include workers highly skilled in agricultural science and technology. The diverse group will comprise experts from research institutes and universities in urban areas, as well as locally trained rural talents. Danzhou City is regarded as a major agricultural city in the southern Chinese island province of Hainan. In recent years, the local government has established a research institute and introduced PHT village chiefs to foster local rural revitalization. As the winter melon and vegetable planting season unfolds, the Eyang Intelligent Ecological Farm in Danzhou has been busy responding to a purchase order received from Shanghai in August last year. The farm staff has been diligently planting a variety of crops, including peppers and fruit corns. The farm's adoption of order-oriented planting aligns seamlessly with agricultural product sales. The current orders are mainly sold to Beijing, Jiangsu, Zhejiang, Sichuan, and other areas. This year, our base planted about 130 hectares of peppers, including 100 hectares of pot peppers. We also have 200 hectares of fruit corns. The Eyang Intelligent Ecological Farm, located in Wangwu, Danzhou City, boasts superior planting conditions. However, the increasing number of migrant workers has caused a low utilization rate of the land, resulting in many areas being left abandoned. In order to fully revitalize land resources, the local government introduced companies to carry out unified plantings of crops and tropical fruits. Professors from Hainan University and the Chinese Academy of Tropical Agricultural Sciences were also invited as project consultants to guide the planting. The machine suitable for northern planting cannot be used here because of difference in cloth size and soil viscosity, so we rebuilt them to solve the sowing problem. The PhD team has sent members to the village more than twice a month. With the help of the experts, the farm has completed the cultivation of dozens of vegetables, fruits and melons in only half a year. In the past, our income was not stable if we planted on our own. But now we have a stable job and a stable income. We can earn eight or 9,000 yuan a month, leading to an improved quality of life. The land resources have been effectively revitalized, addressing employment needs for local and neighboring farmers. The Eyang Intelligent Ecological Farm has registered over 400 long-term workers, with a workforce exceeding 1,500 during peak times. Liao Zhu, Sansha Satellite TV in Hainan, for CGTN.
Now for more on the recruitment efforts for rural revitalization, we're joined by Ji Lanlan, doctor candidate of the College of Humanities and Development Studies at China Agricultural University. Professor Ji, good to see you. Um, so what types of graduates or professionals are the most in demand for rural development work and what kind of role can they play in these rural areas? Um, first of all, uh, thanks for having me here again. Currently, many villages are facing the challenge of underutilized assets and untapped potential. There is a huge gap in effectively harnessing uh, village resources and in uh, integrating uh, urban dynamism into rural settings. The situation calls for a new breed of talent capable of managing rural economies and revitalizing village values. So in this context, I would like to give an example of the Rural CEO Program, a collaborative initiative by China Agricultural University and Tencent Company to elaborate the role of uh, rural talents. So this program is designed to cultivate talents who can not only manage village resources effectively, but also bridge urban and rural dynamics facilitating the flow of resources and energy between the two. The focus is on leveraging village endowments, utilizing assets and driving rural development through uh, innovative approaches in agricultural technology, market development and strategic village management. So this approach is instrumental in reshaping uh, rural economies and communities. And the next question is, how can village-level administrative units attract more talent? What can they do to make, um, to increase the appeal of rural areas? Um, it's essential to look at innovative practices developed by local governments in their rural revitalization efforts, as seen in Zhejiang province, offering competitive salaries by local governments to attract talent is key example of how local initiatives can enhance rural, uh, rural appeal. The Rural CEO program in collaboration with local governments in Yunnan province embodies this approach. It's not just about training, it's about creating a sustainable uh, ecosystem for rural talent. This means institutionalizing support mechanisms such as policy frameworks and the resource allocation tailored to the evolving needs of rural development. These steps, part of the program's collaboration with local authorities, provide crucial support for talents, ensuring that rural areas are not just attractive, but also equipped with the right tools and opportunities for sustainable growth and development. All right, thank you so much for your insights. Great to have you on the show. Ji Lanlan, Doctor Candidate of thank College you. of Humanities and Development Studies at China Agricultural University. And that will do it for this edition of Global Business. Enjoy Lindenberg in Beijing. Stay with us.